0: Welcome to the Who's Hooping Podcast, hosted by Sean Crow and Kari Williams, where we discuss all things UVA men's basketball. We look forward to breaking down the current team, what's to come in the future, as well as some of our favorite and toughest Wahoo moments. We plan to give you guys the content you love to hear, whether you're a diehard fan that's been around forever or you just found out about the team this past week. So stick around, lay back and listen to Two Average Guys tell you all about it. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Who's Hooping. Today's episode will be hosted by just me. Uh, Sean had a fun activity to go to to spend his afternoon, um, but we have a really awesome episode for you all today. Me and Sean have been really curious about NIL, um, what it's looking like. The space is ever changing, so we thought instead of just being two average guys pondering and looking at Google articles, we may as well talk to the best expert we could find. So for today's episode, we have Low Davis who is the Executive Director at Cavalier Futures. Um, Lo, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Glad to have you on. And for those who are not familiar with uh, Mr. Davis and the awesome work that he's done, Lo Davis has been a just critical uh, just critical person in the UVA space in terms of work he's done with fundraising, NIL, and things of the sort. Um, Lo Davis has spent 12 years in a role as Associate Director for the VAF. Uh, During his time with the VAF, Mr. Davis raised millions of dollars in support of Virginia athletics. While also at the VAF, he supported several individual programs, including the baseball team, football, lacrosse, track and field, women's basketball, tons of sports. And then he also served on several committees within the advancement community at UVA which also included him creating and acting as co-chair for the now Advancement Community Excellence Award. So long story short, uh, Lo, you've done a lot of really awesome things with your time and in your space. So I can read the bios and I can read them top to bottom and go through all your accolades, but I think that people would rather hear from you yourself. So uh, just general question. Uh, Lo, tell us about yourself. Uh, how are you doing? All the good things.
1: Yeah, no, thank you again for having me on, on the podcast. And You know, I I bleed orange and blue, uh, graduated from UVA back in 1991. And I was just actually telling the story. A friend of mine uh, was talking about uh, the recruiting cycle for baseball. And uh, one of their kids got uh, recruited to JMU and they committed yesterday. And uh, I was on that same path uh, 30 plus years ago where I was actually going to go to JMU and play baseball. And I had a random injury uh, on a football Friday night and it brought me here to Charlottesville to meet the, uh, the once famous Dr. Frank McHugh. And uh, he kept asking, are we recruiting you? Are we recruiting you? And and certainly uh, I said, no, but uh, at one point in time, he said, look, uh, would you like to go to Virginia? And that still resonates with me today. And I finally told him yes. And a couple of weeks later, I got an opportunity to talk with Dennis Womack and, was a baseball coach here and, and next thing you know I, I was headed to Charlottesville and started my, uh, my college and my, my sports career here at UVA um, I've been with Cavalier Futures for um, a little over a year um, it's it's an interesting space I was not looking to leave the VAF but certainly uh, when this opportunity came about uh, I was just really excited to work with our student athletes and and help navigate this interesting space
0: well, I'm sure Cav Futures is extremely lucky to have you and definitely great to have someone in the space that's had that UVA experience. But before we dive into a lot of the stuff that you're doing currently with Cav Futures, what you've done with your fundraising and those um, just different avenues you've looked into, would love to hear some of your time at UVA. So just some general fan favorites. Uh, What's your favorite place on grounds? And then if you had to pick, I guess, a while you were there, what would be your top choices?
1: Yeah, so in terms of my favorite places on ground, I spent a lot of time at Slaughter Rec. Um, basketball was was my second passion and we had some of the greatest pickup games you could av- ever imagine. Uh, so much so that Virginia pickup games became um, legendary. We had had guys like Grant Hill who would actually come down during the summer just to play pickup. And so I uh, spent a lot of time you know playing hoops and, and loving that, especially during the summertime. Uh, As far as my favorite places to eat, uh, the dining hall was O'Hill, spent a lot of time at O'Hill. And then we used to have what was called the Treehouse, which was uh, another restaurant over in the new dorms. And so uh, a lot of late night snacks there for sure
0: can imagine. I've definitely heard good stories about the tree house from a mom during her time yes. at UVA. And the same with my dad, never got to experience it myself. And they haven't ever been able to really explain exactly where it was for me to understand. But I've definitely heard the name treehouse mentioned quite a few times. So glad to hear that those are popular spots. But so you spent some time at UVA, got to get into athletics, did a ton of things there. Um, and between now and today, where you're working with BAF Cavalier Futures, What was that journey like for you? How did you find yourself in this unique space of NIL, fundraising, and then just what was your journey to get into this point with Cap Futures?
1: Yeah, you know, like I said, I I wasn't looking for um, to leave VAF and I'd been there for 12 years. I I think um, I've raised a lot of money there for the university and athletics. I, I loved my job, but I think there was something over COVID where we were, you know, separated and spent a lot of time working remotely that. I started to think about what was next. And when this opportunity came about, um, CAF Futures was formed by three former student athletes, uh, former football players, two of which I was classmates with, Doug Dunkel and Ron Carey. And those guys love UVA as much as I do. And and when they started um, thinking about how can we have a collective and how can we get into this NIL space, um, I knew they were men of integrity. I knew that they loved the university. And when they came and asked me if I would kind of captain the ship, if you will, I didn't even think twice about it. And so I rolled the dice, left a, a job where, you know, I had the security. But I know with those individuals who started the organization, with being able to work directly with our young student athletes and help them navigate this, you um, it was something that it was a challenge for me and and here we are a year plus later and I, I enjoy every minute of it it's it's hard um nil is evolving it's changing um somebody told me the other day for a school like virginia for an organization like cal futures doing it the right way makes it really difficult and i i've experienced that but we're not going to um stray away from our values and our belief system that we're going to impact not only in the short term but for the long term as well. And uh, I I love my role in that.
0: Well, that's awesome to hear. And I definitely want to get into uh, when you say the right way, I'm curious to learn more about that. But before that, just for those that may not be aware of Cav Futures and the work that you're doing, could you just give us a little bit of information about what Cav Futures is, some of the offerings you guys have, and just, uh, yeah, just everything you can share about um, the organization as a whole?
1: Yeah, in this world today of college athletics, we hear the term collective and NIL um, kind of joined at the hip. And really, um, you have institutions, especially through athletics that have formed these these collectives that basically are out fundraising and, and getting donations in so that you can use it um, for the acquisition and retention of student athletes um, with CAF Futures. We don't really use the word collective. It's attached to us because of how our organization is structured. We look at it as more of a marketplace. And when I say marketplace, that's defined as we have a hub where we want to bring in our individual and corporate partners, individual meaning donors, to meet with our student athletes and hopefully create and generate opportunities and relationships within that. And when Cat Futures started, you know, uh, last March, it was okay, a whiteboard idea, and we just knew we had to do something. But um, we took a conservative route. We wanted to take the approach that we wanted to be sustainable and adaptable. And so being able to build great corporate partners, great community partners, and get those student-athletes engaged with them, it wasn't about generating the almighty dollar in the beginning. It was about putting our student-athletes in those relationships, and as I say, in the right room with the right people.
0: Got it. That makes a ton of sense. And I think that's super, super important these days. I feel like I've seen a ton about NIL just being a madhouse right now, a lot of different ways it could go. So it's really great to hear that like, we have a group that's tied to UVA trying to do things the right way. And I know we were talking before about um, the podcast started, um, I was scouring you guys' website and I was trying to figure out some more things about some of the things you guys have. So I've seen calfutures.com. I've seen the Cav Club. I've seen calf. Foundation. Could you talk to me a bit more about some of those individual pieces you guys have and what they offer for our student-athletes?
1: Yeah, so the cool thing that has really um, garnered a lot of attention is that we don't take any money from the student-athletes. So unlike um, traditional marketing uh, companies, we don't take a 15% share or anything. So if a student-athlete gets an opportunity for $1,000, that student-athlete gets that $1,000. We've been fortunate and blessed that we had some donor support to help us with operating costs. But the secondary operating piece to that is our Cav Club subscription services, which can be found on our website. And that's um, really one of those things where, at different levels, our fans and donors can participate and assist our student athletes in their NIL efforts. And so from $4.99 a month up to $500 a month, you can get access to certain things from original content that we, have our members join. We have events that we're trying to build on, such as tailgates and meet and greets and autograph signings. And we've done personal Zooms. So really the Cav Club gives everybody an opportunity to support our NIL efforts, but also gives them access to uh, pretty cool stuff. And we're really excited. We're in the process of, of revamping that going into the start of the school year. And so uh, we're trying to grow our membership. We think that we're gonna have some exciting events. Um, And so we're really looking to engage our fans so that they can engage with us and our student athletes. Um, Our CAF Futures Foundation, um, we're really excited about that. That launched in January. Um, It's a separate organization, but affiliated. Um, It's a nonprofit 501c3 that is really assisting student athletes with the other parts of this whole thing. And that includes education, financial literacy. Um, I wish there were people that could tell me back when I was in school what to do with credit and saving money and compounding interest. So for us, we um, we have this support mechanism through our foundation that talks about uh, financial literacy, personal growth and development, um, career development. We, uh, Through our foundation, we were a sponsor of uh, the first-ever career fair for our football team last year. Uh, We're doing another one in December. We're having a career fair for our Olympic sports student-athletes in the fall with Boston Scientific. So we're trying to do some really, really cool things to support all of our student-athletes, not just the top 1% who are able to benefit from uh, NIL.
0: Awesome. Actually, it makes me think about those NCAA commercials about all of our athletes are going uh, pro in something other than sports. (laughs) That's it. Hitting on that market of just helping them with all aspects of life um, that I myself sometimes struggle with, too. Financial literacy is not as easy as it sometimes sounds. So that's really great to hear um, you guys' support through a lot of those ventures and endeavors. So continue to just dive a little deeper into CAF Futures to help understand more about it for both uh, myself as well as our listeners Um, I looked at your advisory board and it's hard not to notice some of the household names that are very familiar. Uh, So I was kind of curious, what was the strategy behind how you guys structured your advisory board and how has it been uh, just working with that group?
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. And really for, you know, guys like Matt Shaw, Ralph Sampson, Kyle Guy, it, it was getting in a room with them and talking about the needs of the student athlete. And I think those names that we just mentioned, some of the most popular um, student athletes to ever come through Virginia, they felt um, empathetic to what student athletes are facing because imagine Ralph Sampson, who's probably the greatest athlete to ever come through UVA, all of those number 50 jerseys, he was never able to benefit from that. So, You know, understanding that we are in a world and a society now where student athletes are smart. They want to take advantage of of the opportunities that are afforded to them under the rules. And, you know, individuals like Kyle and and Matt and Ralph wanted to use their platform, their name, their name, image and likeness to really promote the better uh, well-being of our student athletes through NIL. And they've they've been amazing to work with. Um, Kyle has been overseas during most of this uh, this journey. But Ralph is here in Charlottesville and, and really been supportive. Um, Matt is, is pushing an alumni-driven campaign with football guys to try to give back and create a pool of funds for Coach Elliott. So they're really active and engaged, and, and we're very blessed to have them part of, as part of Cap Futures.
0: And is there anything special that they do on their own individual basis to try to help them relate to the current generation? I know you mentioned names such as Rolf Sampson, so we're getting back into the 80s. You mentioned Matt Schaub, so we're getting into the early 2000s. Kyle Guy, a bit more recent with the late 2010s, but still pre-NIL era. So what are some of the things that you've seen them do to try to help them relate to the current students and relate to this new NIL era?
1: Yeah, actually, we had Matt down for um, the career fair for football. And, you know, he really engaged the student athletes to talk not only about, you know, what's happening now, but life after. And, you know, the message from Matt is, listen, um, he hopes that they have a a long NFL career. You know, people think about, um, you know, whether it's Brett Favre or Tom Brady having, you know, 15, 20-year careers. Matt played in the league for 17 years. And so, you know, his message to the current student athletes is that, no matter when your career stops, you're still going to be a young man. And so what are you planning to do with your life when you stop throwing the football or catching the football? And so he's been really um, a great example of someone who's gone off and, you know, even though he's retired, he's doing some really, really good things in his life. You know, Ralph, who's an entrepreneur here, you know, with his restaurant, he he's bringing guys in and showing them the business and, He's partnered with Warren Thompson, who's an unbelievable um, entrepreneur and getting student athletes in front of Warren. And and so that's what our board really wants to do, is to be able to be in a situation where not only they can help them achieve their goals and financial goals and promotion, but also mentor them and tell them about some of the pitfalls that are out there. And uh, these guys have done a great job in terms of doing that.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear they have the support of just world-renowned athletes, as you mentioned, Matt, Shwa- Matt Schaub, like 17-year career. I know Rolf Sampson had a shorter NBA career due to injuries, but when he was there, all-NBA level player, um, Kyle Guy, great, great college athlete, and probably one of the most like recognizable figures we'll ever have at UVA. So just great inspiration for these guys to l- learn from. But I want to take a and small- And also,
1: Gary, if, if I could just interject, I mean, I also think about, you know, in terms of our board, um, gender and, and sport diversity was, was very important to us. And so I even think about a a Dana Boyle who played lacrosse here and is a current ESPN personality. So being able to show uh, our young women out there that, you know, you can do some things professionally that keeps you engaged in sports and also have a lot of fun doing it as well.
0: Yeah. A lot of game lit all over you guys' board. You guys have tons of talent from what I've been able to see. Um, But let well, I'll take a quick pause. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about NIL. We've used the word NIL a ton, but just to help break it down for those that may not be familiar, I wanted to ask just a simple question. What is NIL and what is not NIL? Just to kind of help set the difference and make sure everyone's aware of what we've been talking a lot about today.
1: Yeah, great. So, you know, back in July of 2021, uh, the NCAA passed a, a rule that allowed student athletes for the first time Uh, in the history of amateur sports to be able to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. And so with that, there were a lot of institutions who kind of anticipated this coming. And so now student-athletes became their own businesses, and they became their own entity. And so being able to go out and promote, whether it's a McDonald's or do autograph signings or have camps for the first time, they actually could put their name uh, out there and say that they are a UVA student-athlete. And get compensated for that and so it's been interesting you hear a lot about the wild wild west and you know how other institutions are buying recruits and promising them money and for us we we wanted to be able to be in a situation that if we did not exist in this space no disrespect to any ivy league school but our top revenue sports we're going to struggle and we were going to end up being in that ivy league type mentality and approach and so cavalier futures was formed Really, to help assist in that space, and even though we're you know a separate entity from the university, it was important for us to be able to create opportunities for our student athletes, shine a brighter light on them, which is in turn going to shine a brighter light on our program. And with that, we, you know, it's we're not ashamed to say anymore having a robust NIL program, name, image, and likeness, is going to um, help in the acquisition and retention of our student athletes that we've come to know and love. And If you think about it, we've got, what, 31 national championships. And imagine, um, you know, what if, right? What if we're able to have a complementary piece for the recruiting that's happening in football and men's basketball? Now, not pay for play, but having a traditional program that when student athletes look at Virginia, not only do they know they're going to get a world-class education, but they're also going to play for a great coach. And then there's the NIL Component too with an organization like Cal Futures.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds incredible to think about. I mean, I obviously did not play uh, college athletics the level I wanted to. I was looking at I could go to a great university like UVA for school, or I could throw out some mixtapes and see if I could find a like NAIA or like D3 somewhere. Um, you may be right. The to- vendors- yeah, I think I made the right choice, and I'm glad this education's taken me uh, a lot further than I think a playing career would have for me personally. Um, but I know with NIL, with it being relatively new, um, what is the current state of affairs? I know there's state by state laws. So obviously, with UVA being in Virginia, Virginia state laws. Um, there's also federal laws, and I've seen things about Congress looking to get involved or the NCAA asking for Congress to get involved. So just from where you stand being executive director, what have you seen from the current uh, state of affairs with uh, just legality around NIL and what the state or the federal government's trying to do towards it?
1: Yeah, we've we've actually kept it pretty simple, and, and uh, kudos to Carla Williams for, for helping us keep it simple. Uh, with UVA uh, specifically, they're following the NCAA rules. And until those rules are changed or there's um, federal legislation where there's governance across the board, the rules of the NCA are the ones that the university continues to follow, which in turn, uh, we're doing the same thing. So we're aligned with Carla and her group. So we don't even really pay attention to the state laws because we know that until there's actual federal legislation, uh, we're going to abide by the NCA rules. And... It's a slippery slope because I think institutions, depending on what state you're in, um, are using the state laws. And that gives a lot more flexibility and freedom, um, even in the rules of compensating high school student athletes. So, again, for us, our goal is is to be sustainable and adaptable no matter what this looks like uh, three or four years from now. Uh, We're very fortunate. One of our strategic board members is a gentleman by the name of Brian Sokolo. And Brian, even though he resides here in Charlottesville, he's a partner of Loeb & Loeb out of New York. And he is one of the top sports and entertainment attorneys in the country. And Brian's guidance and advice on the, the current landscape and policies out there has been invaluable to us. So we lean on him heavily, uh, which keeps us in a compliant way. And also with being able to have compliance conversations with Carla and her team has been very helpful. So you know we stay true to the nca until we we see uh, a reason to change
0: that great to hear And then, I know you mentioned um, Carla Williams quite a few times, which is a great segue into my next question. So for those that aren't aware, Carla Williams is the athletic director at the University of Virginia. And then, Salo, my next question for you, actually, I saw recently you all were named the official NIL collective for the University of Virginia. So I was curious, what does that official um, NIL collective naming partnership with the university mean for both Cav Futures and then also the student-athletes at UVA? Does it change anything from what it was before you guys were the official collective, or what is the state of play now with you guys being the official NIL collective?
1: Uh, It changes the game tremendously for everyone that's involved. Um, For Cav Futures to be able to have now a platform of which we're going to be in all of the athletic venues um, across grounds. Uh, We're going to have signage. We just uh, cut our first radio spot. Uh, We're we're also um, presenting sponsor for the daily Who's Brew that goes out. So the visibility uh, standpoint with CAF Futures is going to grow exponentially. Um, You know, we have 1,700 social media followers, but now we have the ability to tag all of 27 of our sports. We're going to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of eyes on us, um, millions if we catch the right TV spot. Um, But at the same time, now we get to talk about what CAF Futures is doing and, be able to clarify some of the misinformation that's out there uh, which gives nil a bad name and so that is one thing for us i think also the visibility uh, is going to shine a brighter light for student athletes so we expect to get more um, whether it's fundraising opportunities or corporate sponsorship opportunities um, now the visibility of CAV futures is going to assist that and then finally for the department. Um, because we're an official sponsor, the department has the ability to promote Cat futures. And so now, whether it's Carla Williams or Brian O'Connor or Tony Elliott, they can speak on behalf of NIL and how you can support NIL. And they can say now through CAF futures. So we're working with the department to try to put together um, some additional radio spots featuring our coaches, as well as a cool video that um, hopefully will be played in venue. So that's really good. And then finally, I think if you were to talk to Carla, having one collective, one preferred collective, it puts the stake in the ground so that you don't have 10 others popping up trying to help student athletes. And then you run into compliance nightmares. So being able to work with one being compliant, it it just makes life a lot easier for everyone.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. sounds like a much, much bigger deal than it being named like the official Italian ice of John Paul That's Jones, it. Right now. <laughs> Seems like a much, much, much bigger perk than what I've seen from some of the other uh, official <laughs> sponsorships. So I'm glad to hear that there's a lot of uh, benefits and added bonus that comes with that. So I know we've talked a lot about what does this mean for current UVA athletes and current student athletes at the university? What I'm curious about is um, Does CAV Futures ever work with prospective students to help them understand their NIL opportunities at UVA or what could those look like? For example, I was not a UVA recruit when I played high school basketball, but let's say if I was six inches taller and a lot more talented than I had been, and I was looking to come to UVA as a prospective student athlete. What are some ways that CAV Future could have helped me with that decision making process or understanding my opportunities where I should I have chosen to come to UVA?
1: Yeah, as the rules state, um, and it's clear, um, you can't use NIL as an inducement opportunity. So we're not allowed to speak with any recruits, family members, parents, any of that, coaches, uh, until that student athlete actually chooses Virginia and matriculates to the university. And so uh, when you hear pay for play and inducement, that's a world that we don't want to exist in. But how we navigate that is, is, um, Kari, we actually want to speed up and create um, opportunities. So now that we have a track record, so that when Tony Bennett or Tony Elliott or Coach Mox are actually talking to recruits and parents, they can talk about Cav futures. There's a collective here that works with current student athletes, and over the years, our you know there is a history of student athletes making from X to X with Cavalier futures. So, you know, they're not using, uh, hey, we have a number that if you do come here, you're going to get X. But what they can talk about is what their current student athletes have done with CAF Futures, and that's legal and permissible.
0: Awesome. It almost sounds like a, like university destination report. So Like if you come to said university for like education, we've seen our alumni go off to jobs like PWC, EY, Bain, McKenzie, et cetera. And that's what kind of catches your eye. So now it'd be with CAD Futures. We've seen athletes such as um, insert athlete here. Don't want to get a name wrong in case there's any legality around that, but insert UVA athlete here has done X, Y, and Z. We've seen all these great things, more of that kind of style.
1: That's exactly right. And our coaches and programs are actually getting savvy now by actually even putting together recruiting flyers that include the collective CAF Futures. And so um, it does give student athletes and it gives parents the um, the ability to know that NIL exists here at Virginia. And so putting together a strong uh, program, having that visibility now being the official NIL collective, I think it's gonna help get the attention of of student athletes and parents who are thinking about coming to Virginia. The one thing that I will say for those that are listening, um, probably Tony Bennett, Carla Williams, Tony Elliott, any of these coaches will say, student athletes will not choose Virginia because of money. Student athletes will choose Virginia because they wanna get a world-class education. They wanna be coached by the best coaches in the country. And oh, by the way, there is a program in place that will help them with their their NIL efforts. So money will not be the factor in the majority, if not all of our student athletes choosing the University of Virginia.
0: Makes sense. And definitely for our listenership that loves to tie closely into recruiting, definitely a great thing for them to kind of keep in mind and for them to know. So a couple questions left for me um, before I let you get out of here. Um, So obviously I have a sense of where this is going to go for this next question, but what is your personal stance on the benefits of NIL? And then also on the flip side of that, where are some pitfalls that still need to be discussed or corrected in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I'm 100% for it. Um, and here, here's, here's why, and I, I talk to a lot of people, especially coming out of my world of being a fundraiser at the, at the VAF. There's still a large number of people who don't think student athletes should get compensated. They think that the opportunity to attend Virginia The ability to get a degree is good enough. And what I say to those, um, those individuals who question that is, listen, I love my UVA degree. I I hug it every day, but when I was working towards that degree, it never bought me a meal. It never let me take my girlfriend out to dinner. It never let me go home. And so having the ability with student athletes to, um, to have some money in their pocket. I look at it as an extension of a scholarship versus, you know, the, I, I laugh, card because listen, there's no Porsches and Ferraris over at the McCue Center or JPJ, <laughs> but there are some on, on grounds and nobody's mad about that, right? And so um, having the ability to give student athletes some some money that they can utilize during their time here, I have no problems. Also, the bigger brand um, opportunity. You're building your brand. You're building your network so that whether you play professionally or not, um, you're going to meet the right people for long, long-term opportunities. So I, I think those are the benefits. Um, I really embrace student-athletes getting their their money and their opportunity. The the To answer your question about the pitfalls, no deal is um, not every deal is a good deal, I guess is the best way to put it. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, are you going to position your brand, your personal brand, and align it with a company or an action for 100 or $200? Is there a better way we can do that? So I think there are some student athletes who look at NIL as, oh, I'll take any opportunity. And sometimes you, um, you devalue yourself when you take every opportunity. So we're trying to mentor student athletes that let's look at it for the long term. And um, I've always said through our career development piece that, listen, I'd rather get you in the room with Boston Scientific and you walk out of there or at the end of your four years with a $100,000 job than pay you a $500 um, deal for a tweet that just doesn't do anything for you. And so We're trying to educate student athletes that not every deal is a good deal. And let's let's focus on your personal brand before we worry about the money. And then the final thing I'll say about that is, um, you know, if you don't take care of your business on the court, on the field, in the classroom, in the community, your NIL is not worth anything. So prioritize what that means and then go
0: from there makes total sense to me. Do you think the landscape right now just is what makes NIL such an advantageous time period? So what I'm thinking about is for my friends at UVA that were athletes, it felt like you were getting this world-class education, but the education had to fall within certain time period. TV deals have gotten really massive. Social media is a bigger deal. You have a lot of different avenues, whereas maybe in the 70s, 80s, where you may have had more time to take certain classes, there wasn't as much social media didn't exist and there wasn't as much personal branding out there. Do you think that these takes on NIL and the opportunity to earn, do you think a lot of that's tied into like just today's current landscape and just the amount of money in college athletics or is this something a stance you think probably should have been in place, um, decades and decades and decades ago?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think student athletes, even decades ago, always had value, right? Their name, image, and likeness always had value. All you had to do was look at, you know, who was showing up in the stands. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think student athletes would look around in in a Scott stadium and it would be 50,000 people there. Well, that money was going somewhere. Right. And who are they here to see me? And so nothing's changed from that standpoint. So whether you're in 1983 or 2023, nothing's changed. I think student athletes have also gotten hip to, um, you know, college coaches. Um, You see the unbelievable salaries that these college coaches are making and, I'm not saying they don't deserve it or they don't, they don't earn it, but when it's easy for them to leave a recruiting class and take a job to make even more millions, these student athletes say, what about me? And so I, I think for them, their mentality is it's permissible. There are opportunities for me with broad reach. And instead of selling just what's on the front of my Jersey, let me sell what's on the back of my Jersey. And there's nothing wrong
0: with that makes sense to me. So three questions left for me building right up on that last point. So if nothing wrong with that, get NIL helping these student athletes out as best as possible. What is the best way for fans to get involved with NIL or support UVA NIL efforts?
1: Yeah, so the, the easiest way and you can participate at any level is going to our website calffutures.com. Join our calf club. Like I said, we're really excited um, about some of the events and the things that we're going to put together starting this fall that will tie you directly into student athletes. You know, the more we can grow that, the more um, in-person events we can have. You know, when we first got started, we had a a lot of people support. Well, and it was mostly out of state. And so having in-person events uh, limited what we could do and who we could do it with. So trying to get uh, more people on board to support our student-athletes, to support the vehicle with Cav Futures. I always said, you know, paying student-athletes, people don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. And for us, you know, we have to continue to build our infrastructure, keep things going where we have people that can execute events, coordinate with student-athletes. And so that's that's one area. Is it's it, We're just not a Venmo to student-athletes. We put in a lot of work to uh, execute the, uh, the work necessary in order for them to get paid. Um, also, take a look at our foundation website, calvescare.org. And, you know, we're really trying to build those partnerships out in the community and do good work in the community. And uh, we're excited. You know, we've had partnerships with the Ronald McDonald House, the Yellow Door Foundation here in Charlottesville. I met with the folks from the City of Promise. Uh, we're putting together a book drive with the dairy market So there's a lot of things that we're doing that I think people will be proud of. And we certainly need your support um, both through our CAF Futures Foundation and also the NIL Collective CAF Futures.
0: Got it, that sounds awesome. And then the two questions for me, one, this is my last real question, the next one, and the final one's gonna be more of a fun question. Um, But so for the last real one, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would want Wahoo fans to know about you, CAF Futures or NIL?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of information, misinformation out there when it comes to NIL. And I think when you start to hear on the or see on the Internet or, or read about you know, college kids making millions and millions of dollars, that is not the case. There's only about one percent across the board in terms of student athletes um, that are making meaningful income from uh, NIL. And when I say meaningful, I'm talking maybe $5,000 or more. Um, so there, there's no situation that I can think of here at Virginia where we're going to use this to cheat the system, to bring in student athletes, to induce you know, recruitment. So if, they're, uh, if the student athlete is a prospective student athlete, there is no number. We can't offer them a thing. Um, but what we can do is continue to build on the good work that we've done with our student athletes here and hopefully build, um, you know, continue to win championships, but do it the right way.
0: Great. Well, Lo, really appreciate it for all the insights and all the other great things you're able to offer today about NIL, CAF Futures, the university, your partnership. So really, thank you for your expertise and glad to have that. But before I let you go, um, one of the things me and Sean always predicated the show on was just Two average guys talking about some of our favorite things about being UVA fans. Um, The first question we ever did to end one of our um, episode one, season one of our podcast was what was our toughest Wahoo moment? And then what was our favorite Wahoo moment? For me, the toughest, I believe I said, was the Michigan State lost um, and then my favorite Wahoo moment was the ACC championship against Duke. So we'd love to hear from you, especially as a former athlete, what was your toughest moment as a UVA athlete or UVA fan during your years? And then we'll end on a high note. What was your favorite moment uh, at UVA or being a fan?
1: So I think my toughest moment is probably a lot of people's toughest moment is when we lost to UMBC. And what made it tough for me uh, at the time, my kids were pretty young. And I remember my daughter who wasn't even a basketball fan. She happened to be sitting in the basement and she watched like the last two minutes. And all of a sudden I saw the tears coming down her face. And I was like, that's pretty impactful. And so I think a lot of us can say that UMBC loss was very tough. Um, I think the, the flip side of it is I've got two favorite moments. I, I happen to be in Minneapolis uh, when the streamers and confetti came down the next year. And so to, to be front and center for that redemption story um, was unbelievable. So I, I think that's, that's one of my favorites. But um, one of my all-time favorite times was when when I was in school, our football team was ranked number one in the country. And, you know, there's a lot of people, especially of a younger age demographic, that just find that hard to believe. And I think we were number one for three or four weeks and the buzz around Virginia football and and some of my best friends, you know, Sean Moore, Herman Moore, Terry Kirby, Chris Slate, um, you know, I, I hope we get that swagger back and I hope we get that that culture of winning uh, the way it was when when those guys played here. So being number one in the country is is probably my
0: all-time favorite. Awesome. Well, Lo Davis, thank you so much for your time. Uh, everyone, once again, Lo Davis, executive director, executive Director of Cav Futures. Sorry about that little tongue twist, but once again, Lo, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Kari. All right. And as always, to our fans, go Hoos.